Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 26th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing good. Just uh, it's another Friday. Another Friday. It's Friday. We're getting multiple submissions of people calling Thursday oddball names now. Shane Bacon sent us one. I think he got an email today that said Friday Eve. But now we are actually Friday. The real Friday. Eric Patterson sent another one. I like that we are now this... This sort of dumping ground. Anytime somebody calls Thursday, not by its real name, but uh, you know, in the context of Friday, everybody comes to us. So it's enjoyable. That's I'm glad we can fill that void in the world. All right, what's on your mind this Friday? We watched the first round of the Travelers Championship, and it would appear that you have gone to great lengths to research JJ Henry. Oh yeah, it's Travelers Week, and as a past champion, I felt he deserved his due in a flashback Friday. So oh we will God. be later looking into the oh 06 Travelers Championship, which he won for his first title on tour. We'll, we'll get into that later, though. Let's talk about the golf. And okay, Mackenzie Hughes. I, I mean, leave. a lot of stuff has happened since we last talked. I know. We're a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. We recorded early, what, Tuesday on your baby moon? And then like that, you know, the positive okay. test came out and all that. So we're, we're the, the time has kind of passed on that stuff, but we'll obviously address it. You want to start with that first? I mean, I think it's the news of the, the week. I think we okay. should talk all about right. it, right? Okay. I mean, sure. We can there have been WDs. Cameron Champ tested positive. Graham McDowell and Brooks Kepka's caddies tested positive. So they withdrew, withdrew out of an abundance of caution. Abund abundant. Uh, uh, abundant. Caution. Abundance I mean, of I caution. think it's just caution. I think it's just caution. You know, it's probably what they should do. I don't know. I think it would I be... I the abundance I, comes I would in. more lend itself to common sense if I were, so, were so going to put the words in, in there. It's still cautious if they didn't test positive. But yes, I, abundance was a reach. Um, so the brothers Kepka, Camp Champ, and then Webb Simpson had a family member that tested positive. So last week's winner, also WD. That's five WDs for either mostly for positive tests around them. Did I say five? McDowell, two Kepkas, Webb, Cam Champ. Cam Champ seemed to be the subject. Cam don't call me, Cam, or Cameron don't call me Cam, I should say, Champ, was the subject of uh, what seemed to be some internal furor on tour. Uh, Tron yes. Carter tweeted out, you know, multiple accounts that told him uh, he went to the physio before uh, getting his test result back inside the clubhouse. Now, I think this is a common physio, right? That works with multiple players. There's only so many physios available, I believe. And uh, I think, you know, Tron was talking about people want him to be suspended, things like that. So, th so that seemed like n the opposite of whatever abundance of caution is. Very, very, pretty reckless. Like, so I, I think there's some well-deserved sort of discourse 
disgruntled or anger towards Champ. I don't know. Anger may be too strong a word, but but it's a very different approach than the Kepkas and, and Webb. I think this is a we're in a similar situation to like slow play where um, right now with where the tour is in in with coronavirus and everything, there needs to be a lot of peer pressure to towards players to follow the rules. Yeah, and and I think you know Champ maybe Champ will end up being uh, somewhat of a poster boy. Uh, in the in the sense of hey this was really stupid we sh- can't do stuff like this and it yeah. might help in the long run you know the the you know alleged you know idiocy of what he did there you know i yeah for all whatever you think of this this might be a, a good thing for the tour to continue on for the tour's ability to continue on if it tightens things up does that make sense yes like if they were just like smooth sailing through three, four weeks, um, you know, maybe it comes to a halting crash because guys really start getting, you know, loose, fast and loose with the rules. Maybe this will tighten up because I think there was real peril there on Wednesday as we heard about an indeterminate amount of tests. You know, Brian Wacker is tweeting several more, around half a dozen more. We didn't know that it, it seemed like there was real peril that this event maybe stopped before it started. So ideally, like, not ideally, but trying to spin some positive out of this, maybe this will really tighten up those peer pressure, that peer pressure element, these guys taking it seriously, understanding that there will be massive external pressure if this does start to spin out of control. Yeah, I think that there was some some feeling on tour that it was going to get canceled with Monaghan flying up from Ponte yeah. Vedra to give the press conference with all the other press conferences canceled. I think some players might have thought it was going to get I, canceled. I had sort of this amusing hope that like he was flying up just to announce like travelers had signed on for another 10 years <laughs> or something terrible. <laughs> like that. We signed the chain smokers on to play, start the tour championship. They're going to play like just to make some, I mean, it was obvious he was going to address the Corona test, but <laughs> just <laughs> it would have been a great like tone deaf turn. Do so, you think they should have canceled? Uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I know people, some people think I'm more of a, uh, I, I don't. I don't think they should have. Uh, based on where they were Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, um, I think they're taking the right approach here. I, If they told me they canceled, I wouldn't have freaked out. I wouldn't have said like, this is, you know, horrible. This is, we're living in a, you know, uh, we're be over, overreacting. I, I just don't, I think once we're up now and going, if they canceled this, I'm not sure when you restart golf until there's a vaccine. Does that make sense? And that's not a reason not to cancel, but I don't know that it had hit the threshold yet. And we might hit that threshold as soon as next week, and I'll be okay with that. But I I, I don't think they should have canceled it. I Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. And I think that it, the start has exposed a lot of the issues that we saw with this when they announced it. And I think that, you know, the European tour and Keith Pelly's plan is a much more airtight plan that probably will reduce risk. Um, albeit they don't get to appease all their sponsors like the tour is trying to do in this mm-hmm. situation. I think as you talked about with players getting um, kind of complacent, 
I think that was the case after Colonial when they breezed through there with zero tests. And everybody was like, oh, you know, this is fine. We'll be fine. And everybody was, you know, patting the tour on the back. They've done such a great job. There's zero tests the first week. But that's simply not how this virus works, you know, from all accounts, is that there's a 10 to 14 day incubation period. So that's we're just starting to see the first wave of positives. And I think that it's important to understand that next week's probably going to be worse than this week. Detroit, because that would be the that be the incubation period for Heritage, where apparently, you know, and allegedly things got very out of hand with player. You know, that you saw yesterday reports of players talking about caddies and and maybe some players going out and eating and and yeah. and you know taking in the local scene and not adhering at all to the bubble. And and I think being prepared and understanding, hey. Next week's probably going to be worse. We're probably going to get more positive tests. But understanding if if they get strict and people follow the rules, it will be okay going forward. And making sure next week is the worst week and it gets better from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I I can't imagine we're going to have fans at Memorial the way they were talking. I Um, hope not. I mean... It's just like, let's just just streamline it for now. Let's just get through the summer, probably the fall, and do the no fans. It's just weird to have no fans in August already at the PGA, and now we're going to like start crowbarring them in where they can. So, um, Detroit, is Detroit not going to get a good field? Are they getting kind of shafted on this after everybody plays three weeks in a row? I think they'll still get a good field. I think there are still a lot of high-profile players that are going to be playing there. Um, yeah. I think that one of the other things with this is where they're going. I mean, they, they kind of drew a tough luck with how, you know, when they planned it, Texas and South Carolina were two yeah. cases with very low covid Tests or uh, yeah. positives, and when they got there, they were two ta- two states exploding with COVID t- cases. So yeah, we're... Th- that was a that was a tough draw. But like one of the thankful things about where they're going is they're going to places that are you know that have already seen the worst of COVID and maybe the, I maybe. mean maybe uh, and, but, the governor of Ohio is tweeting about some uh, pretty significant spikes today. So. But with with uh, Connecticut and Detroit, you know, those both those areas went through it early. And one of the things around is the surrounding areas versus Texas and South Carolina have very good like cultures about the disease because they've already or the virus because they've already seen bad things happen from it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Gotten wild by it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, So I think that's I I think. Next week, we might see more cases, but understand that if they do, you know, if they're really diligent about it this week and the next weeks, they they should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're just, you're hitting like an external pressure thing. Whatever you think of it, you think it's just a, a nothing to, it's a nothing. You just got to keep going. Like, that's fine. You can have that opinion to yourself, but like. The rest of the world isn't going to operate that way. And if you want golf, there's going to be a massive external pressure if, if it does start to spiral out of control or the country does get in a, a bad way. And, and also, um, like, just for our peers in journalism stake, every jur- golf journalist wants golf on. Yeah. None of us don't want... For a living. Yeah. Like, when golf isn't on, it's not good for business. 
Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think that there's this misconception that we all want it. It's like, we want it on. We also don't want the sport to look like shit, you know, in the broader world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about golf. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's the news of the week. You have to do it justice. I think. Uh, what do you know. think of Monaghan? I mean, I don't know. He doesn't shine in those settings. He really struggles to uh, he looks just come off as very commanding. Tired. Anyway, yeah, and I feel bad for him in that regard, if that's the case. It does seem like he's not getting a lot of sleep. Um, you know, he, he I think he struggles a little bit in those those settings. I don't know that he's suave, but they say that about every commissioner. Roger Goodell's not particularly strong that way. Gary Bettman's always, always getting crushed. But I, I thought he was... You know, look, he, he's not going to say anything specific, right? He's not going to say anything specific. But if he goes up there and tries to whip everyone's ass in line, then good. I, I don't know that he can. He seems to be the player's commissioner. And, you know, uh, his first and foremost job is to get keep the players fat and rich and happy. It is. It just is. There may be other jobs, but his first role is to do that. And I think he's done that since he came on, despite our misgivings about directions the tour goes and certain this that and the other or certain failures we think he's had um his first role is to keep the players fat and happy and well paid and he's kind of done that so uh, yeah he's he maybe he's not up there whipping them into shape because that's you know not his style i don't know i do feel like this is his defining moment as the commissioner and if this goes really off the tracks poorly it you know it will kind of stick with him. How crazy is that? I thought his defining moment was going to be PGL fighting that off this year. Okay. You know, like that it's had a rough to be year. right. Uh, wasn't that going to be the defining moment? Your existential threat to your tour, and now he's, yeah, tough, tough run. Um, okay, all right. Tra- Mackenzie Hughes shoots a sixty. Travelers Championship. He leads by three over Roy McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland. Among other, or yeah, just those three, seven under. They shot sixty-three. Rory, did Rory's little putting thing come to fruition today? I was watch. I watched a ton of PJ Tour live this morning. A negative, ton. Neg- it, he shot sixty-three with negative strokes gained putting. No. Yeah. So I I looked in deeper into the data. He's had yeah. one, in in nine career rounds at at TPC River Highlands. He's had one round of positive strokes game puttering and it was he picked up 0.068 of a shot really yeah. that's it so you know today he was negative 0.08 so he was not he was pretty much average he made like he made an eagle putt early on i want to say like whatever the par five is the first one uh on the back nine then he made another one or but when i was watching he made another like birdie putt that was maybe 15 feet or something but when I was watching, he was just leaving them out there, burning the edges, or you know, he failed to make, make an eagle chance at fifteen, you know, made a bogey at se- uh, sixteen, burned the edge again at seven. He was getting frustrated. He's like, uh, when the announcers were like, "That's about as bad a thirty-two as he could have shot." So your little putting thing is it? Tre- River Highlands has this number on the greens. I think so. I think that's something. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. We'll see if it bra- if he breaks out. I mean, like. You got to think he's got to have at least like one or two good putting rounds to win the tournament. Um, yes. Granted, like the last year, he I mean, if he just it was zero the last time he played in 2018, he would have right. won. Um, right. 
it, so in his nine rounds now he's he's plus twenty nine point five seven six. Um, he's picking up over three shots per round T to green. Um, in his in his career at River Highlands, but he's he's losing about about one over one point two five shots on the green per round. It was uh, I gotta think. I mean, he's gonna putt at least average. No, if he, I don't know, if that's the he's shooting sixty three with average. It seems like it's he's in good shape for the weekend. I would say. Yeah, uh, he seemed to be. He was talking about how how like he really feels good and he's getting back into form. And I think that's so true with all these, like these guys, none of these guys outside of like maybe a couple of them that shut it down right after the FedEx cup and come back in January. Like these guys don't go through. And those, those types of guys have gone through essentially six months off in like a nine month period, which is like, none of these guys have gone through that since probably they were like little kids. Some yeah. of them never. Yep. Yep. Uh, another notable low round is Phil Mickelson, 64, six under. First bogey round free. over 50, did you hear? Is that what it was? Yeah. Bogey free, 64. He was impressive playing with Bryson and Rory. Yeah, he talked about Any how much he enjoyed to... playing with Bryson. Did you, of you see that? He does. There's these two like faux, like science, pseudoscience, you know. Silicon Valley types, you know, the show Silicon Valley, not actual Silicon Valley, where they convince themselves, you know, they've found the secret to life in some supplement or some, you know, swing aid or whatever it is. Of course, they, they're, you know, happy. Two birds of a feather. So uh, he had his sunglasses off, though. I did notice that. Any other reactions to uh, Connecticut? Um, okay. I didn't watch yeah. much this afternoon. I watched a lot earlier. Yeah, Speed- I do. I have some reaction. I I want to talk about the uh, the conditions. Okay. I mean, that part of the country is like in a drought. It got a little windier, windy-ish. Not not windy, but later on. Friend of the program, Mike Hennessy, tweeted okay. at us. The oil me. man. Yeah, the oil man. <laughs> Said watching PGA Tour live right now. Phil, Rory, it's... Bryson just teed off on eighteen. All three. Landed soft, didn't roll. I got a call two days ago from the water company telling me to conserve water because we are in a drought. I live 20 minutes from TPC River Highlands. Oh my God. No. Really? Yes. I did notice the balls were because I kept waiting for Bryson to hit one like 400 and he'd carry him like 320 and just stick. So they're, they're obviously, they need to put water on the golf course, but this is yeah. the time when it should be fiery. It should, the yeah. ball in in you watch this and it was a dartboard out, out there. <laughs> it's just I so mean, frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah. I don't have any strong reaction to it. We thought that's what I mean. It's a TPC course. They these guys go there wanting and expecting to post low sixty numbers, and it's set up for them to do that right now. Does I bothers you and Egg Headquarters? What, what do you want? What do you want? We'll watch it all weekend. You think there's any chance they dry it out, or is that? I think it's ship supposed sailed? to rain this weekend. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it got a little bit firmer in the afternoon, like it always does, but sure. it was so soft. It's just why can't we have firm golf courses? What I'm, this stupid I did, bucket? 
that they have to I fit did, everything in. I did enjoy having Chez on featured groups. Tyler McCumber, Tim Wilkinson, all these guys made featured groups that weren't supposed to after the Kepka WD and the Web WD. Um, we got a lot of notes about Chez's hat being not as big. I agree. It, it, it looks like he's got a no, new, it's just new style. It's well, just a new, It's a new style. He went away from okay. the flat brim. Somebody must so, have finally uh, told him he looks like a like a Lego doll or something with a hat on. Well, someone someone DM'd us, and I sorry, I don't have it in front of me. They were just asking, you know, maybe, perhaps it wasn't Big Bill Reavy, not the hat, but it's little noggin chess. Just he just he has, has a little head. head. Yeah. Well, that, maybe that's that he, been the I issue. Have, I like my head doesn't fit in a flat brim hat. So I don't okay. wear flat brim hats. Like, yeah. okay. I mean, it's a pretty simple yeah. thing. If I'm going to wear one, I wear it backwards. It's the only way I could ever pull off a flat brim hat is if I wear it backwards. Because hey, are you going to wear your traveler's hat, traveler's shirt this week, weekend? I, you know, maybe. I got one, you know. I, I got saw, one today. I saw you got one. I posted it. My traveler's. My, I'm going to wear it around the neighborhood. People are going to look at me very confused. All right. Anything else? Jez, you know, uh, one other thing. So I've developed this new tradition when they post like the 21 to 30 in the FedEx Cup standings on PGA Tour Live, like that graphic. I'm posting it to Instagram right away. And our friend Nate Carr responded. Like, just as a reminder, FedEx Cup points, the total, they have no relatable value or concept. No one understands the concept of that anymore. Like if I told you somebody has 950 points, what does that mean to you? It's kind of, if I told you that guy hits it bucks, (laughs) if I told you a guy hits a 400 yards, that's a metric that makes sense. I don't even think that makes sense anymore. If I told you my FedEx package came and Nate Carr suggested this FedEx sent a package from California to DC and it got here and, 36 hours that makes that has meaning it has some context to you will we ever reach a day a point in time where the fedex cup point total is like a thing that it immediately triggers like that's a lot that's a little that's good that's bad i don't think that will ever happen no no because i don't even know yeah i i I have if you ask me what's a good fedex cup total at the end of the year i'd be like i don't know i figure (laughs) like probably maybe 2500 is that good That'd be like know. five wins. Five wins. So here's my other. We, wins. we follow this every week. So why do we even need them? Let's just keep the standings going. Like when we do those graphics, just say one through ten. The point totals will never ever trigger any kind of reaction or, or further understanding. While we're talking about That's FedEx all. Cup points, <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. can't we have a sliding scale week to week based off of strength of field? Oh God, that's just yeah. That's where, a this is, for... It's twenty twenty. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't I mean, this isn't nineteen. It's it? not nineteen eighty six. Don't we kind of have it though? Like no. WGCs have like six hundred or no, something. No, they get like five fifty. No. Fifty extra points for beating all the best players. But in the we world. don't even know what is a fifty extra points could be a boatload. I don't know what what does that mean. We don't know the value of each point. No, it has no. I think co- you should get a hundred points for winning a opposite field event. They get three hundred. 
And I think like if you win the memorial, you should get way more than if you win the John Deere, but you get the same amount. That seems like a slippery slope. With no, the it doesn't. Wait, it doesn't it's, not a, it's not a slippery slope at all. It's but then guys proper... will stop going. That's They'll stop fine. going to That's... play certain events because like, they can't get enough points. You should get rewarded for playing. Like the Tiger should get more points. Like the Tiger schedule, he only plays big events. Hey, you think Tiger's going to play again? No. Is he done? He's just going to well, play the majors? I actually think it's What's kind of... What's going on there? So this is a legit thing to talk about with COVID. Is yeah. like, if you get it a week before the PGA, you're fucked. <laughs> I know. We're seeing a lot of that. Like, our guys just going to skip TPC, Swamp Ass Invitational, TPC in attack. See a lot of people raising that on Twitter because it's too much of a risk. I Right? That's the thing. Because it's within the you know, radius, the blast radius of the PGA. It's, I it, wouldn't do it. Would I you? Like if I was Tiger, I'd play, um, and, and he never used to play a week before, so play the week before the week before, so two weeks before the major, and then go and, and camp out Hide. in San Francisco. Yeah. Play play uh, SFGC and Cal Club every day for two weeks. That would be fun to watch him play there. Um, he's up at Frederica, right? Didn't he go up to the coast, Georgia coast? He was playing out there with Charlie. You know, uh, I was wondering. So he's playing golf. He's just not playing on the PGA Tour. Uh, well, I'm sure he also was like, let's see how this goes, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think there's, yeah. It, it takes a, quite, a great deal of work for him to get going. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. One thing I was thinking about today, or the, not today, yesterday, and I was meaning to ask you about his boat since he rode his boat up there. Do you think he yeah. worries about pirates at all? <laughs> I, I don't think he does. Do you think he should? It seems like you're trying to get at something. I don't think I don't, he personally is worried at, about it. I was looking at this harbor the other day well, with a bunch of boats, and I was looking, I was like, God, I would really like that boat. But if you have that boat, are you a bigger target to pirates? Because that would be a big worry. I mean, apparently there you got tracking too, right? People are tracking his boat. I know. That's what I'm saying. Huh. I'd be really worried about pirates if I was tired. Are there pirates still out there now? Oh, are yeah. There pi- I mean, are there pirates like in the off the eastern seaboard, the United States? I don't know where they are, but I'm sure they <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, where were we talking about? I don't know. All right, let's let's move on. Any other reactions to first round? Um, no, not really. I mean, I was I was surprised that we got to see a lot of JJ Henry. We got three shots of JJ Henry this afternoon. I didn't watch the afternoon. He's gonna win low JJ for the first time in a while. JJ spawn. All I saw JJ spawn was I was scrolling the leaderboard this morning just to see who blew up. Spawn was six over through his first. I don't know. Eight nine holes finished eight eight over. He's he's Martin Trainer. He's at least one one guy worse than Mar- uh, Martin Trainer. So you can take zone. comfort in that. The Martin Trainer zone is uh, different entirely. Uh, okay, should we do an ad read real quick for our friends at Bixby? Our shotgun start blend. Sure. So we we're in communication with them last night. Things are heating up on the light roast. We're figuring out what to call it. Light roast is coming. It's imminent. We've tested it. It's it's good stuff. Uh, light roast will be coming. We're trying to figure out front nine, back nine. I don't know. We're trying to come up with names for the dark ro- or the the original roast, which is dark, and uh, the new for light the roast. Repair. 
Worse for the wear repair. So Coffee Golf approaches. Coffee Golf is, I don't know, two, three weeks away. The Coffee Pot swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so start to stock up on Bixby. They are also 15% off the entire site right now. They rarely do this, really do that kind of site-wide sale. So get your shotgun start blend, subscribe. You also get 15% off uh, your order when you subscribe as opposed to just a one-time purchase. Shotgun start blend is a way to support the podcast uh, and also hopefully get something that you like and enjoy. I had uh, my old friend, my old boss, Ryan Nanny, Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter, sent me a message today. He's a man of discerning taste. He sent me a message today uh saying brendan this coffee is really actually good as shit you know this is a this is a guy with high standards somebody who's a you know be critical uh the critical eye for things he goes i keep meaning to tell you and forgetting but this coffee is quite good there you go it is we never had anyone tell it sucks i'll tell you that much so bixbycoffee.com the shotgun start blend light roast will be coming soon and now is the time to subscribe for coffee golf we will celebrate it all through july all right, maybe a shirt coming in the works on the coffee pot, right? Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Concept concept meeting Friday morning on that. All right, let's get out on with it. Corn Ferry Tour. I'm out with it. Harry Hall leads. That's all I got. They're playing out in Utah, they're Oak still, Ridge, Utah. they right now. Yeah, Harry Hall shot a 63. Stefan Yeager also shot a 63. Stefan Yeager is just a web player in perpetuity. I kind of like he's always up and down. It's just insane to me how he's a guy that like lit it up that one year. You know, yeah, I think he finished three times or something. I not three. I think he won twice, but he finished first. I want to say on the money list that year. So he had, and now he's back down there. And there's just certain guys that are really good on the web, but that can not make it. And it's just, but I'm sure he'll. I don't think he's overly long, which might be one of his his struggles when he gets up to the PGA Tour. Whereas, okay. like a lot of times, them like you know, Cameron Champ didn't light it up on the on the Web Tour, you know, and then or Corn Ferry. Sorry. Hey, do you think there should be discipline for Champ? You personally? I think people that break the or a fine. I mean, there's probably going to be some slap on the wrist fine. But I mean, I don't know. so he's like a an example. Like that was like threatening that. I don't know. That's about as bad of a thing as you can do because you threaten the safety of like the entire field of, of the tournament. And before people come after me about that, like all it takes is like one point, like let's say I know that the, you know, the, the result, like the sickness that good athletes from 25 to, or 20 from to 45 is a low like mortality rate, but all it takes yeah. is one of them. Like that's the thing that's scary about this is if one of one player dies or one player, or one person associated with the tournament, everybody's going to be like, was it worth it? You know? Yeah. And yeah. in, in champ's case, he, he, by doing what he did, he put like the entire tour in jeopardy in such a huge, uh, such a bad position. Yeah, so or I just think, and, and the continuation of golf on a less serious note. I mean, you, you could screw that up. Like, so. if you think about like the magnitude of of you know what he did in like a in trying compare it to something else, it would warrant like a massive suspension. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. All right, let's get on to. Uh, were you going to talk about the web? Did you want to say something else? 
No. We talked about Jaeger. Okay. Should we do Flashback Friday? Yeah. Let's do it. Is it a Hartford-related Flashback Friday? It, we're talking about J.J. Henry. Mr. 300. Long before he was Mr. 300. You've done... I can't believe the amount of research you put into this. You well, really did I, 90 minutes? I wanted to do more, but you cut me short. I was just I, getting in, to... I was just getting into good stuff when you when you said I got to put the kids to bed. You want you wanted to have your evening free, and I I get that because I'm going to enjoy my evening free tonight. Too. We're also racing the clock on my computer getting shut off. That's true. This is my last, I bought a new computer. It's my old company computer, a company I no longer work for. And with this file may never see the light of day. I wanted to record on the old computer before I worked on the new one. That's so, another. It, we, need, we need people to get Bixby because of Brendan's computer fund. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> if they remotely lock my computer before this file gets uploaded, well, there's going to be no Friday episode. So I cut your all precious J.J. Henry research short. So All right. So all right, what do you got? Let's talk about the 2006 uh, Travelers. Mr. 300 makes his 110th cut and earns his first career win. Uh, He shoots 63-67 on the weekend to win by three shots over Hunter Mahan and Ryan Moore. Did you really go around counting how many cuts he's made at this point? Was that a notable like metric you wanted to to mark during your research? Yes, because yes, he's I, now Mister Three Hundred. I, I put a put a note. I put you know I when I wrote out my note about you know what happened. Yeah. I put yeah. I put XX, XX, TH cut. So I made sure to go back and and re- look it up. Got it. Okay. So he became the first Connecticut uh, born player to win the tournament. And it's 55-year history. How about that? So at this point, uh, Mahan had yet to win a tournament. So and this what, was his what best. year? 2006. Okay. This was his best finish as a pro. Uh, Ryan Moore was a young gun on tour. I mean, he won the uh, USAM in Publix in sure. 04. So, sure. you know, these guys were two up-and-comers, and they got, they got stopped by J.J. Henry, you know? <laughs> What, what could have been it could have been a mayhan more playoff and it would have been so exciting then because they were like two of the premier young players on tour so, yeah. and there was this this point we'll get to this and this this was the darkest moment for young players on the pga young american stars on the pga tour this was a i mean it was a pitch, pretty pitch black time fallow fallow time okay. it was yeah it was a new moon there was there was no light in the sky all right. Okay. Um, so the win, you know, it vaulted Henry to sixth in the Ryder Cup standings and earned him his first berth in the Open Championship. So okay. a little bit about Henry. He earned a little his, bit about JJ. He earned his card in 2000. Um, so he had played that the tournament eight times. The first time he played it, it was in 98 when he was a decorated Connecticut amateur, which amateur, we, will, right? we will get to. Okay. All right. um, he grew up in Fairfield, Connecticut, which is about an hour away and right on the, the beach there. And he grew yep. up playing the Patterson Club. His dad was a stick. Um, his okay. dad played high school golf with Julius Boros. Oh, wow. Okay. Multi-major okay. winner. Yes. And JJ's father, Ronald J. Henry Jr. JJ is name his name is Ronald J. Henry the Third. 
Trip. Yeah. Trip Henry. Trip. We could call him Trip Henry. He goes by JJ, huh? Yeah. Mr. 300. Okay. So he competed. He, his dad competed in two U.S. AMs and six British AM, AMs, and he won six uh, club championships at the Patterson Club. Wow. So stick. that? So okay. JJ, you know, this is not a rags to riches story. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. His his grandpa, like he grew up playing the game. His grandpa had like a putting green in his backyard, and okay. So All right. like there you go. Um. So JJ won the Connecticut State Am three times. He won ninety four, ninety five, and ninety eight. The last time in ninety eight, he beat some like forty year old guy. There was an article I was reading. He was like, you know, I was going to work tomorrow and. J.J. Henry was turning pro the next day. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so um, now, because of his illustrious amateur career in Connecticut, the medalist uh, of the in the qualifying stages of the Connecticut State uh, Am is called the J.J. Henry Medal. The medal <laughs> oh, you my. got. He's got a medal yeah. named after him? He's got a medal. What? How unbelievable is that? I mean, he's like still around. Usually, when they have these medals, it's some guy from the early twenties or a guy who's like founded something or helped, you know, won ten times over. But what's I guess to say three... about Connecticut golf? Also, I that's was where I was pivoting next. You know, uh, like there's good... no o- older guy that could. What about Julius Boros? Does he have? The... I mean, he played Connecticut golf with his this guy's the JJ Henry's dad. The J.J. Henry medal. How about that? That's amazing. So after his win, uh, there was a, uh, whatever the Fairfield paper is, article about it, and it got some quotes from his mom. Uh, his dad would bring him here when he was five years old. This is where he, where he's grown up, and he's been here all these years. And this is J.J. Henry from the same article. Every time I leave here, I'd go back to the putting green or the driving range and pretend I was winning the tournament. It means the world to me. So kind of pretty cool that his first win comes at the tournament like he was going to since he was five. Um, right, right. So, you know, he goes to TCU where he was a three-time All-American. And in 1998, he was the NCAA Co-Player of the Year. Um, he was just it, With the win, he was the third TCU player to ever win on tour. So it's not like a, a program that's got, like, pumped out tour player after tour yeah. player. Yeah. I think it's just like a Fort Worth thing. So people start associating it with like Nelson and Hogan and maybe by osmosis, but they weren't. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so then he turned pro in, in 98 and uh, he, he got on tour uh, through the buy.com in 2000. He finished 13th. Uh, Man, on I the, forgot about it being called the buy.com. Yeah. He that played, he the played glory on years. the night. It was Nike in 99 and the buy.com yeah. in 2000. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that was one of the switchover years. So he played on both <laughs> okay. the Nike and the Buy.com tour. All right. Okay. So he finished 13th, and at that time, only 15 got cards. So he got that via the – he won – his big win was the Knoxville Open. Um, so outside of this win, you know, he he had a second at the Nelson in 2012. He he held the, the lead, one-shot lead on the 71st hole. He doubled – the 71st hole um, and lost to Duffner by one that year. Okay. And then he's won, he, he won later in the year at the Reno Tahoe. He's won that twice. He's, he wow. loves Reno Tahoe. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's a big, big uh, Stableford guy. Was yeah. it even? Was it always been Stableford? I think? We could call him Mr. Stableford too. <laughs> Reno Tahoe. I forgot. That's where he makes his hay. Can you imagine that? You know, oh, no, we don't need to go into it. But go ahead, Ronnie Continue. Reno. <laughs> um, so he won in 2015. He won that also, and he won in the playoff. He he made an eagle in the playoff. Okay. First All hole right. of the playoff. So a pretty. Pretty great Impressive. playoff win. Right? Opposite field vet. Exactly. 100 FedEx Cup points coming to you. <laughs> so obviously outside of his Traveler's win, which was then the Buick Open, um, I'd say his highlight of his career was the 06 Ryder Cup. Uh, yeah. The, the Being there? Not in it. The, the highlight was present, right? Is well, that what we're getting at? I'd like okay. to point out... He has an undefeated Ryder Cup record. How many points did he? Has he won anything, or he, did he go? He did not win a match. He, he went he did 0, not 0, 0 and three. Wow. <laughs> so, well, that's I mean that's better than nothing. And this was on a team that got drubbed. This oh. was on a team that got absolutely steamrolled, eighteen and a half to nine and a half, or eighteen to nine, whatever it was. You, One of the worst you, Ryder Cup beatdowns of all time. You have a fantastic shirt idea, which I won't go into right now. Could be getting maybe maybe revolve around something to do with that team. So <laughs> it would be great. That team is legendary, of course. So they have Vaughn Taylor, Brett Wetterick, well, JJ. I was going to go into that a little bit. Okay, all right, go ahead. So he and Scott Verplank were the only two players without a loss on that team. <laughs> Verplank went two and zero. Oh. Did have Tiger Phil right? DL three, you know. Tiger Phil and Furyk were one, two, yeah. and three in the That's world right. rankings. That's right. And right. Uh, and even with those players, the average world ranking of this team was twenty nine point four one. God. <laughs> They had the top three players in the world, and their oh. average was 29.41. So Brett Wetterick was the worst player on the team at, at in terms of world ranking, 68. I lost you there. Brett Wetterick was the yeah, wor worst player in the world rankings on that team at 68th. Okay. Can you imagine... Today, if a, the 68th ranked player in the world no. made the... No. So, Henry was... Hey, you know what? I was looking at him the other day. Standings. Spieth is like kind of like not that far down the standings. He's like in the 15 to 20 range. I mean, this is and a what is he in the world? too. He's what like, is he in the world? He's like 55th. He's like, not 68th, but yeah, I can't imagine anyone 68th making it. So, whether it qualified on points... What? Uh, yeah. At 68th in the world? J.J. Henry qualified. He was 64th in the world. He was 8th in the on the points list, 68th in the world, or 64th in the world. Wetterick, I think, was 10th. He got the last spot. Um, wow. Vaughn Taylor also qualified via points. He was 50th in the world. What guess, happened? Guess what, the, guess what the youngest age of a player on this american team was. oh that's another thing this like th there's like a six to eight year stretch where everybody was like in their 30s there was nobody in their 20s and, uh the youngest on this team yeah i don't know i'll say like 28 30 
Oh my god. Tiger and uh and Vaughn Taylor and Zatch were all thirty years old. Youngest wow. player. Zach, wow. this was Zatch's rookie uh rookie campaign. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he he was forty second in the world. Cause yeah, I think he kind of got thrown into that Taylor Wetterick. This was before he won a majors or anything. It was like, well, who's this guy too? He kind of got thrown into that bucket. All yeah, right. the last four spots went Taylor, Henry, Johnson, Wetterick. Holy cow! <laughs> he was not a known commodity, Zach. So, like, you compare it to the Europe team, the the world ranks of them, their highest player was McGinley at 53 Westwood at the time was 51 but that was after he was coming back from some yippy times like um so their team was just so much better because then the next you know 37th they had they just had so much better of a team um, mm-hmm. at the time he partnered with Stu Sink and uh imagine That's rolling right. out that team Stu <laughs> you think anybody was intimidated by JJ Henry and Stu Sink standing across I mean from they're him? tall <laughs> So they're tall, but not necessarily intimidating. Aren't they both like six three, six four, lumbering kind of onto the tee? But yeah, probably not intimidated. All right, do you want to know? Take a guess where and what year JJ Henry's three hundredth made cut came. Oh God! <laughs> so he got his card in two thousand. Is that right? Yeah. He took advantage of the three hundred made cuts exemption in two two thousand eighteen. As opposed to playing out of the past champions. Category. That's right. That's right. So where did that 300 cut came? Where? Come? What event and what year? I'll spare you what he what 2012? Finished. No. 2012. <laughs> Come on. What year? What event? <laughs> it came to 2017 Mayakoba. Oh, God. He finished T60th. So you did the work to pinpoint the time where that triggered this exemption, this exact moment. Did he just feast on making cuts at like Reno Tahoe, Fall Series, yeah, Mayakoba I mean, types? His best OWGR. And he's 60th or whatever. His best OWGR position. Guess that. Ah, uh, 35. 56. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He's never been in the top 50 in the world? No. And that's worthy of an extra year exemption for making cuts. Apparently. He's got his own medal, though. (laughs) I mean, it's utterly unbelievable, right? That's kind of... I did not know he's never... never Actually, 58th is his best OWGR position. It was in 07. Okay. Um, All right. All right. So he's played in 20 major championships. How many top 25s? Top 25s, <laughs> not your top 10s. Um, how many majors did you say? 20? 20? Uh, three. Zero. Oh, my God. He's made 11 cuts, though. So this isn't really an appreciation of J.J. Henry. It's more of the shitting on J.J. It's <laughs> his home shit. event. I'm just pointing out his career. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's played in 15 players. Best finish. Wow. T, I mean, this keep T T eighteen T twenty eight T twenty. He's made seven of fifteen cuts there. So he is really like just the definition of like the rank and file fluff that yeah. 
but he's I mean, he won. He's he won this, at least. He has this uh, this ridiculous Ryder Cup appearance. Like he's yeah, got this appearance uh, that he shouldn't. I mean, once you're a Ryder Cup player, you always have that, and that's even like more noteworthy because of how you know thin the team was. Everybody remembers it. So, um, so here's what he said about the 300 made cut exemption, which he petitioned for. Yep. He's the first person. He, so he, he made it up. He used it to get in a better priority ranking. And, and the priority ranking fell right behind web graduates with this thing. So he said, for a guy who's arguably played 20 straight years out here, and for whatever reason, things change, whether personal, your body, your game just isn't there. And it's just, let's take care of guys who've supported the tour. You make 300 cuts that's saying something out here. I feel it's earned. But can I just <laughs> quibble with the whole notion of supported the tour? You went out there and made a freaking killing. The tour supported you. You showed up. You're not bringing people through the gates. You're not bringing the title sponsors on, right? Like this whole thing of su- he supported the tour, like, he made he 16, made a, over sixteen million dollars. He so made a far. killing. There's nothing to support. It's it's you're not selling the tickets. You're not on the billboards. Like they supported you. You made a killing. Okay, but because he supported the tour, he should get more. You know, priority. So right. at the time he was he was forty four or forty three. Okay. God, so the money. Imagine playing for that long and just thinking you. This is the other thing that he used to, like, is, is his point in case was p- purses. The money has gotten to a good situation where I first got, when I first got out here playing for probably half of what we are now, maybe less. He got out there in 2000. 2000. It's not like he got out there in 85. Phil. It's not like Phil in 93 even. Like, he... The career Tiger. money guys from my era have gotten passed by. His the career his era, he's, he's forty five years era. old. The the career money guys at the top are all from his era. <laughs> In order to give guys like me a chance, they've considered five hundred starts as a big thing. But you've made three hundred cuts, you've actually kind of earned it. No. <laughs> <laughs> How did they just buy this argument and say okay? How did anyone not look at this with any kind of critical eye and be like, uh, actually, what he's saying doesn't make any sense? So yeah, there's a job. The- it, it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, he's made sixteen million dollars being mediocre. Um, <laughs> all right. So Joe right. Beal wrote an article about golf purgatory this spring. Yeah. Um, yep. Golf Purgatory Life in Your 40s. It was an interesting read. It had some just great anecdotes from people like DA Points and, and sure. Al- Alan B. and J.J. Henry. Um, okay. So, J.J. Henry about life in his 40s on tour. When I made my debut in 98, there were maybe 30 full time guys in their 40s out here. Now there are barely any. It's the only profession in the world when you get to your mid 40s, you wish you were five years older. I live, I've live. i lived a charmed life uh, to have a tea time out here for 20 years. It's been good. But now, not knowing where, uh, what, next, uh, what comes next until the seniors, you're thankful for every chance. Wow. 
just thankful. I mean, I think that attitude is what gets him all these sponsors exemptions. Right. Fort that Worth, Traveler. Well, I think local, that's just a pure local, like, the local, local draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he said on distance, it's a different sport. It's more power driven. Shot making is important, but the, a long drive makes it easier than to do that. And the courses are set up to reward aggressiveness. Now, when we were getting started, it was about patience and picking your spots. The new setups favored the young dartboard tour. Wow. Um, dartboard tour. Another interesting tidbit from this Joel Beale article that'd be remiss to not mention. Is that Allenby? <laughs> so it was talking about things that people were going to do in their time until they're fifty. And Allenby and his wife are tinkering with the idea of a documentary. I'm sorry, what? Robert Allenby and his wife. A documentary about them? Yes. About him? Yes. Or just like going and finding a topic and no, producing about it? him? Huh? <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch. We'd watch. They could distribute it to us. We'll put that on a pedestal. Um, French Allenby documentary. We may need to do a segment on that later. Let's 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 table that for now. We're not done talking about that. So friends call Henry the mayor of Fort Worth. His friends do. Yeah. His friends only. I think. Okay. All right. His, his logo triggered a a piece in Forbes. What? This author was, I, I didn't write down his name. He was distraught when he saw J.J. Henry logo when he just turned on the golf. Not a golf writer. He was What's just what? dismayed to see that J.J. Henry had a logo. He wrote like a whole takedown piece about J.J. Henry having a logo. Well, we've talked about this. Yeah, I've <laughs> tweeted about it. So he, He's got his own logo. He even got a, a brand <laughs> strategy consultant, Laura Reese. To comment about J.J. Henry's logo. What'd she say? <laughs> she said, so this is from his Forbes article. If you just Google J.J. Henry um, logo, this is the first article that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, <laughs> was uh, Laura, Laura Reese, a brand consult- strategy consultant with Atlanta-based Reese & Reese, was just as puzzled as I was when I asked her about it. <laughs> She's, it kind of reminds me of a handbag, bag, said Reese, the author of A Visual Hammer, Hammer, Nail Your Brand with the Mind of Emotional Power of a Visual. In addition to being unnecessary, there isn't much demand for J.J. Henry merchandise. A logo, the, logo severely, the logo severely misses the mark for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even read it. What? Moms love to have their initials embroidered on things like a canvas bag that you get when your monogram on it, Reese said. But I'm not even sure his mom will recognize it. Oh, man. Reese doesn't blame athletes like Henry for trying to establish their own brand. After all, after all, there are no established criteria for deciding which athletes get to have their own logo. Perhaps there should be, though. <laughs> I mean, this is the whole thing. Yeah. It, it used to be just the very top who were afforded the luxury of branding. 
but now it seems to have trickled down to every John, Joe, and Harry who plays a sport and seems to think they deserve their own brand. The branding rules don't apply the same way for everybody. The problem Your is Stitch when is reading a- this article. The problem is when every professional athlete has his or her own logo, they all start to bleed to get, blend together, uh, blend into each other, especially when the majority of them are just the athlete's initials. Letters. Yeah. We've been saying this for years. <laughs> but it's J.J. Henry. You like that article. There, you can't stop laughing. I mean, to compare J.J. Henry's logo to what mom's monogram they, on their handbags <laughs> all right uh, that's it okay that's more than you ever wanted to know but needed but it's what you needed to know I'm about jj sad. henry I, I was just getting into good stuff when he called oh, me well off. maybe we can do part two keep your notes we'll do part two why don't we just spend the rest one of the o- month sprinkling other, jj one henry other reason i in. don't like jj henry is that okay he like birdied his last two or three holes at the Wyndham a few years ago to knock uh, ZB out of that. the 125 spot. I remember that. That was only a couple of years ago. I remember that. All right. What do you, you have more research? You're gonna holster. Is that what you're saying to me? I have like 17 more articles pull, uh, in tabs oh that I God, haven't gotten dude. to. I did a deep search. Go hang out with your wife. We're at the 56-minute mark. All right. Don't read more on J.J. Henry. Maybe we'll sprinkle a nugget in here to, uh, here and there going forward. But everyone, enjoy your weekends. Uh, we will be back. You know, Show us your traveler shirt, your traveling slugger, if you got one. You're one of the few, one of the dozens. What are the, eh, how many do we sell? We sold, we, we're, we're just about sold out. out. We sold them. We got a pretty full allotment. We sold them. So. We, only got, we only got Corey Pavins and Husky Boys left. Okay, so send us photos if you you know slugger t-shirt in the wild. We'll pick a winner uh, for something. I don't know another piece of merch. All right, enjoy your weekends. We will be back Monday discussing all things travelers. Enjoy the golf.